Blog Talk Radio. The opinions and views expressed by the host and guest are not necessarily the views and opinions of the Blake Radio Network. Broadcasting, broadcasting, broadcasting to the world, broadcasting to the world, to the world, to the world, spreading the news and information. BlakeRadio.com, music for your mind, body, and soul. Talk radio at its best. You're listening to Rainbow Soul from BlakeRadio.com. Welcome to Topically Yours on the Blake Radio Network, Rainbow Soul. I'm your host, Deirdre Schuler, and today we're going to be speaking with singer-songwriter Nayika Sings. Ms. Sings is a native New Yorker, and she expresses herself through the genres of jazz, R&B, folk, rock, and soul. And if you ride the subways, you may find her on any given day entertaining the crowd. In fact, she sang the theme song for the documentary film Coded Bias, 
and also conceptualized and curated an art exhibit from her personal collection of momentums entitled The Men Who Love Me. Ms. Singh likes to work out and is also a nature enthusiast and co-founder of a music festival in Sweden, which we'll ask her about later. And we'll also ask her about her new CD she is presently working on. Naika Sings is waiting in the wings, so let's welcome her to the show. Thank you for joining us today, Naika. Hi, Deirdre. So happy to be here. Well, it's my pleasure to have you. In fact, you're a native New Yorker, are you not? Yes, I am. I am repping Brooklyn, and I was raised on Long Island, so happily um, made my home in several places in New York. <laughs> well, what's wrong did you start in the music business or start with music as a child? I probably, from my parents' um, words, have been singing since pro- before I could speak uh, officially. Wow. I would just mimic mm-hmm. on TV. But um, be- besides doing, like, talent shows and things of that nature, I didn't really start taking it seriously until roughly about five years ago. Oh, okay. And you got busy. Yes. I see you've done a lot of things. Uh, did you have a musical training? Um, very school, little. Or just a natural talent? Uh, a natural gift from God, thankfully, um, that I've cultivated. I, w- I would say I've put in those hours through watching people on television and, and learning how they sing and then learning to find my own harmony and learning to do my own ad-libs over what I've heard. So no schooling or training. Um Besides, I will shout out Craig Derry, my vocal coach that I've had over the last couple of years. Um, but growing up, not much teaching in, in, in song or songwriting or music. Well, you seem to have an eclectic taste in music. How would you describe your music? It is a mash of everything that I am. But um, when people see me and when people hear me, I say the foundation is soul. Um, but I'm definitely influenced by my parents. And my parents being Haitian immigrants, and I'm a first-generation Haitian-American here, I've learned to listen to, you know, Haitian compa. I've listened to um, my dad's a big fan of classic rock and um, just a lot of things. That's how I know that Bonnie Raitt song. (laughs) And my mom was a fan of disco. So I grew up with so many stylings and sounds um, sonically in my home. For that, I'm grateful. Well, in fact, I should say that the song I – open the show with was uh, called If You Won't. Is that correct? I Can't Make You Love Me by Bonnie Raitt. Oh, that's what it was? Yeah. Okay. They mis- they mislabeled it on your YouTube. Okay. Well, thank you for telling me that. Um, well, I understand also that you've done a lot of vocalist work with bands. Can you tell me about that? Yes. Um, yeah, so I actually I grew up in Long Island, and I made the move um, from Long Island to Jersey and then Jersey to Harlem. And being steeped in Harlem's rich culture and, like, being around all of the live um, events and live venues that they had o- over there, I was exposed to a lot of different musicians. And at first it started off with, like, karaoke. It was like, oh, I want to do a little bit of singing. So I would hang out at places like Sugar Bar and um, oh, yeah. just – yeah, amazing. Ashford and Simpson's Sugar Bar is amazing. Um, hanging mm-hmm. out there on Tuesdays for the Blues Night and Thursdays for, like, 
just the overall they would do all genres that night and it would just be amazing. Um, I would watch and observe and listen. And I remember my first open mic, I got on stage <laughs> and Valerie Simpson, I wanted to sing a song by um who was it actually? I was singing a um Unchain My Heart. Who is that again? I have to think about who that is. But I was singing a song, and no one knew what it was. I mentioned it to the band. They didn't know. And I mentioned it to her, and she was the only one that knew. It was Nighttime is the Right Time. Okay, there we go. It was Nighttime is the Right uh-huh. Time. <laughs> and, um, yeah, she accompanied me. And I was like, wow, like, look wow. at that. For my first time um, singing, to be supported by such a titan, I was, I was really blessed. And then after that, I would just go to different venues, make friends, and sit in with different um, musicians, you know, shedding with different musicians and basically learning how to, to be in community and, and learning how to hold my, my place amongst so many beautiful, like, instrumentalists and singers. I know that had to be marvelous. And, in fact, it seems that night was uh, your right time. Yeah. <laughs> with Valerie. Yes, it was. Anyway. I want to ask you about your band. You own a band? Yeah, well, I, oh, I I am part of this collective. It is a band. It's also a collective. It's a movement um, called All My Friends Are Stars. Uh, we have four core members, and we're all based out of New York City. Um, but together, mm. you know, grassroots, we, we were friends for a number of years. Um, in 2016, we decided actually to start a grassroots um, festival. So as artists, we were all individual artists. We had our own things. We were doing our own things. Um, but the the founder, the visionary of the group, Amrick Lewis, he had the idea that we should team up and partner up. So the festival actually came first. It's called the All My Friends of Stars Fest um, five years ago now. And then after doing that festival, we became officially a band. <laughs> well, well, first of all, tell me who the band members, their names, who they are. Yes, so Americ Lewis is the founder. We have Nicholas Sosin and Tony Maz and me, Naika Sings. And um, together it's like a mixture, kind of like Fuji's with folk, with live instruments, <laughs> where we have um, rapping and singing together, just um, teaming up with our, our different instruments, um, our different skills, and making really good music. Well, that's excellent. And I want to mention, too, that you mentioned you're the co-founder of the music festival, but where is it? It's in Sweden, right? Yes, Gothenburg, Sweden. Most people know Stockholm, but Gothenburg is the home of of um, the family-oriented folks, multi-generational, beautiful families, beautiful diversity. And I was introduced uh, to the town as well as the country back in 2016, and Emmerich actually called me probably in June. I think it was like June. He's like, I had this idea to do a festival. And we're like, let's do it. A month later, I'm in Sweden, never been there before, extreme culture shock. <laughs> and two months later, we birthed um, the first music festival. And it was a lot of work. Um, it was very rewarding. The town was super receptive to the things that we were doing. And ever since then, we've hosted it annually in Gothenburg. Well, a lot of the artists that I interview tell me when they go overseas, 
the the people from overseas know more about the American music than the Americans. Did you and oh, you did yeah. find they were receptive, right? Yeah, of course. Um, Sweden is known for music worldwide. A, a lot of the top producers and and top musicians, artists have come out of there. I mean, ABBA. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, so much greatness has come out of Sweden. So we're just like continuing that legacy. When we got there, uh, just adding a little different vibe, a different like rap is kind of new there. Soul R and B coming out of Stockholm. There's a lot of artists, but Gothenburg, we're laying the foundation over there. We've been doing that for a number of years now. So it's really a blessing to be in a space um, that allows us to to fertilize these ideas and allows us to grow as artists. And how did you find Sweden? Since you say you've never been there before, what what did what attracted you there? What attracted <laughs> you while you were in Sweden? I should say that I would give the credit to um, Americ on that one. Uh, prior to uh, my first trip there, I actually would often confuse it with Switzerland, and I never <laughs> actually thought to visit there. I was like, "What is Sweden known for? Is it chocolate? Like, what is it? What's what is what's over there?" But um, he was fascinated by the country since a child. Um, us, all of us growing up pretty much in New York City, him in Queens, like Sweden is the complete opposite of where he was raised. So he just envisioned that it would be like a beautiful place with like horses and <laughs> and um, just nature and things of that nature. And he also used to uh, sell Swedish fish, the candy, which they don't even like really rep like that in the country, but loving the candy at at school here in Queens, he he thought that the country would be amazing. So eight years ago, he went, pretty much didn't know anyone, chose Gothenburg off of a map, did no research, didn't know anything about the capital. I think he actually thought Gothenburg was the capital. And he ended up in Sweden <laughs> and um, made so many beautiful friends there. And I can definitely understand that, definitely from my first visit, like you meet amazing people um they have amazing work-life balance over there and just really really loving and since he went that first year about eight years ago he'd been going back and forth for the last um three years before he decided hey let's do a music festival and that's when uh he brought all of us in all of his friends that he's known decade plus um to come and assist and we were happy to do that well coming back to america have yeah. you performed in um, clubs in New York City or, or anywhere else within the country? Of course, yes. I love um, traveling domestically. I've done South by Southwest. Here in New York, there's so many venues, um, Paris Blues, uh, Smoke, mm-hmm. um, Birdland, just so yes. much like good stuff, like Groove. It's just like so many places to play here in New York. Um, Basquiat's Bottle in Brooklyn. I had expanded uh, out of Manhattan um, to to check out some really cool spots in Brooklyn as well. Um, and there's some great places also in Long Island that I'm discovering even still and now. Like you, you don't even have to cycle back to the same place twice. You can probably live your whole life checking out a live venue um, every single day in New York and not get bored. So and everything from the subway to like Carnegie Hall and Lincoln Center, I've been able to be blessed to be a part of ensembles and, and um, my band work, uh, American Folk Art Museum too. Just being in really cool places, um, supportive organizations and institutions that 
really just appreciate what I do and what my band does. Well, speaking of the subway, you do a lot of entertaining there, but since the COVID-19, has that changed? Uh, Yes. Technically, I have not been doing the subways for quite some time, but when I'm in the city, (laughs) I definitely... um, Hate the subway. It's it's pretty incredible. You have the microcosm of the world. New York has the one of the most diverse populations in the world. So um, socially, economically, um, racially, any which way you can think of, every single person's on the subway. Um, so yeah, I had actually started doing that in maybe 2015, but right before I quit my corporate job, um, Amrick actually introduced me to the train. And from then on, it's always been like I approach it with a little bit of anxiety because, like, you never know what you're going to get. It's, like, really surprising every single time. It's always fresh. But it'll definitely keep you sharp. So no matter what, no matter um, how far I go or no matter um, where I am, I would really hope that I could commit to definitely popping into the train (laughs) no matter what. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, let me ask you about film. You've had an experience singing the theme song of a documentary film, Coded Bias. Can you tell me a little bit about the film? It sounded interesting. Is theme. Yeah, it's a film on artificial intelligence, which is, and the racial bias um, present in artificial intelligence. Like when you have those cameras, um, maybe in the corner deli and whatnot, how it's taking video and how people use that as facts to either convict or release someone, you know, based off of like a crime or any kind of anything that they see that's abnormal. Um, I didn't realize how ineffective that was. Like you go to the airport, you go to the the deli, you go outside and there's so much like surveillance and it kind of gives that element or the illusion of like safety. But really um, how safe is it? How accurate is, is that technology? I'm really glad that uh, Shalini, the director, um, and Katia Milanova, the uh, musical director, thought to include me in that because I was thinking, okay, how can I support my community? How can I connect with women? How can I um, get to know deeper the experience of racial identity and um, the experiences that we face, like, in this country? And um, that just came at the perfect time last year. They were working on that, and they reached out to me. And based off of a poem of the main character in the uh, film, who is a a researcher, an AI researcher, she had like a poem in the film. We converted that poem into a song. So I was really grateful to be a part of that. Um, It's definitely still making the rounds. It's been at uh, South by Southwest and Sundance, and they're doing a lot of digital streaming um, with the film on multiple platforms right now. So I would say definitely check it out. I definitely will. And speaking of um, politics, which some of this is political that you're speaking Mm -hmm. of within the film, uh, what is your take on the Black Lives Matter? I respect it. I respect it wholeheartedly. Um, I feel like this is such a powerful time, Um, more than a hashtag. People have more hope, more optimism, uh, more energy, energy. I believe in the power of the individual, like we, every single one of us has power, but um, a lot of people are not aware of their power. So this is a season that we're coming off of COVID, 
three months in in quarantine, um, being if you're an extrovert, trapped. <laughs> if you're an introvert, um, you know, just having that time to have a reflective period to to get to know ourselves better. Um, and get to know, you know, how we can heal ourselves, how we can heal our families, how we can heal our communities. Um, everything is kind of coming together very powerfully, like in this season, that uh, people who would normally not have access to being outside, um, being home from work, um, being home with their children and having conversations with their families, people of all different races and, and um backgrounds, being able to have conversations that they did not feel empowered to have before, I think that is amazing. Um, and I can't even think of a, well, I think a time. the distraction is over. I mean, people are not as distracted because they're not going to work. They have time to think and be with their yeah. family. Yeah, definitely. So, so it's a powerful time for sure. Well, things are up in the air, so I'm going to play that song. That you you sing in the air, yeah, and yeah. It's perfect so for this go. season. <laughs> it is. It is indeed. So here we go. In the air. See if I can turn that.
Uh, you're a songwriter. Was that one of your songs? Yes, it's actually um, an introduction. I'm, I'm glad that it's premiering here on your show um, to my album. It's uh, it's it's really funny, Catchy. like the yeah the things that you say and how you know the power of the tongue, like to manifest. Um, several years ago, just like being in school, um, that was produced by Jeff from Jamaica. You'll be hearing about him. Um, the that chorus just came to me. We we're hanging out in school in the music studio at LaGuardia. I actually attended um, LaGuardia to learn um, audio recording, audio engineering, <laughs> mm-hmm. and um, we would stay in the studio every single day. And he played me this arrangement, and that just came to me. And little did I know, you know, what I would go through in the next in the coming years after that, um, and how true that statement is. But Spiritually, it's like the time is always now. Like every every single day, every single moment is my time. Um, and initially, I had written the song to be just my voice on it. Um, but we're actually going to be featuring some beautiful New York artists, which I'm going to keep a secret until the album's out. So I'm really happy that it's premiering on your show. <laughs> well, actually, tell me about that, your, your new CD that you, you're presently working on. I mean, you started to tell me now, but... How many songs are on the CD? Thirteen. We are we are currently at ten, um, give or take a few tracks. We're working it out, and um, the goal is to get it out over the course of this summer. Um, but given the nature of like the last month or so, there's some new material that we're putting together to basically represent this season. Um, but I'm working on the album. The album is going to be out. It's been a dream of mine since I was like probably younger than five years old, to basically um, share my voice, share my my testimony, share my, my story um, with as many people as possible to to basically connect with people that I, I haven't really, I didn't see those voices. Like the people that I get to hear, it would be generations previous to me that I didn't have access to, like Nina Simone hearing her speak about the times, like, I was deeply inspired. Um, Michael Jackson is also a deep, like, huge inspiration for me. And just, like, hearing them talk about their challenges, hearing them sharing their vulnerability, um, every single person goes through the same feelings, but the way that we share our story is uniquely ours. So since I I was a kid, I wanted to speak. And speaking through music has been the gift that was given to me, so I'm really looking forward to putting out my first solo project. Um, I have been blessed to be a part of different crews, different groups that I will forever be grateful for um, and continue to collaborate with. But the individual voice is unique um, from the group collective voice. So just being able to cultivate myself as a woman and share that with the world, I'm really looking forward to. Well, speaking of women and being a woman... You you curated a collection of your mementos, which was entitled The Men Who Love Me. And basically yes. it's featuring items that men have given you over the years. And I think that's quite an interesting idea to change, to put your momentums in, into an art exhibit. It, it's basically what you've done, correct? Yeah, make everything art. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, so tell me use about everything. that. And, 
Yeah, essentially, I mean... Has use, it changed the way you look at men? I mean, when the men come to your art show, are they impressed? And and, and has it changed the way uh, you regard how men express their love? Yes, it has, and that's deepening daily um, as I continue to work with um, this concept. So the mental love me came to me as a meditation back in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just meditating, and I was like, you know, like just thinking about my life, thinking how I would like to feel, thinking about the kind of disposition and the kind of person I would like to be. And what came up for me was like, okay, you need to excavate. You need to um, release some things so that you're able to receive all of the the blessings that I have in store for you. And um, I opened my eyes. I looked around my space. And the most prominent thing was that I looked around and I was like, from my family, from ex-boyfriends, from my friends, a lot of the stuff that I had in my home was gifted to me by men. And I was like, wow. <laughs> it was just like mm-hmm. this huge epiphany. Um, not that, like, some of the guys in my in my circle, um, I've been blessed to be around men that are, like, you know, uh, emotionally tapped in. That's not something that is really, like, spoken of when people regard men, like, oh, being able to share and express their feelings, um, especially in this society. Um, but looking at how the the gifts that they've given me represented their connection to me, um, no matter what type of connection that was, whether it was momentary. I've had people draw me on the subway. Um, people draw me at venues. People take photos. Um, to people write me love letters, like beautiful love letters from partners that I've shared um, years with. And I just wanted to honor that, um, honor my father, honor the men in my family, um, and I was like, what a beautiful way to do that, but put that on it, like, in a gallery, as it should be, like, respected, you know? If you could put a toilet in a museum, you can put mementos (laughs) in a gallery. So I was just like, okay, let's do this, and through developing that concept and just making mention of it to as many people as possible, because I had no clue what I was doing, um, help came. I was like, I want to do this. At first, the concept was a 21-day exhibition, um, because I I was thinking about how it takes that long of a time to form a new habit. So I wanted to form a new habit with how I relate to men and how I receive the love that I'm given. And 21 days for the gallery that I picked, um, it was Space 776. They were like, that's a little too long. How about we do two weekends? And I was like, perfect, let's do it. (laughs) And all of the resources came, all of the people came. Um, It got featured lovingly by some art critics that I wasn't anticipating that to happen. And I was just like, okay, through going through that, I would collect um, from the people that would attend the gallery stories, anonymous stories of their relationship with the men in their life and how that impacted how they loved um, in their own lives. And just the responses, it runs the gamut from, like, people who've experienced trauma, um, like myself included, to people who've had, like, amazing Uh, relationships with all of the men that they've encountered. So just being able to share that, being able to honor that and honor the blessings that have come from that um, and seeing people open up, it's just been miraculous for me. It's been really, like, soul uplifting. Um, And then the exhibition wrapped, but I had all this material. I had all this footage from all of the interviews that I did, and I had all of this, um, this basically a coffee table book with anonymous 
responses to the the questions that were listed in the gallery and we're like okay now what can we do with this and i meditated on that and it's just like coffee table book film so i'm working with a few people to get that together um and the release date is to be determined so just check me out on social media and i'll keep you guys posted okay and you know i forgot to ask you have you named your uh cd yet it does have a name but I will not reveal it yet. I'm going to keep it a surprise because it's ever-developing as the songs um, are coming together in union and marriage thematically. Um, so it does have a name, and it does have a feel that I'm going to hold off on for now until we're solid on it. <laughs> well, where do you plan to release it, a CD Baby or on YouTube, or is there any idea of where we can get it when it's out. Yeah, grass grassroots. Thankfully, um, through my work with all my friends at Stars, we've we've figured out um, how to grassroots put it on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, and and the like, and CD Baby. So it will be available everywhere. Okay, folks, you heard that. Now, <laughs> um, I want to ask you about. Well, I read in your wait a minute. I wanted to know exactly where you want to take your music ultimately. What are, what are your goals? Are, are you seeking stardom? Seeking stardom is a very interesting question, um, or a statement, rather. Uh, when I think about it, I feel like I'm already a star. The light is already within me, um, the light that I have. Do I feel like um, the language of my music and what I have to share is universal? I believe so. Um, but more than anything, I'm focused on doing the work, like just staying in the studio, um, sharing myself honestly, and trusting in the process that whoever's meant to, to feel it will feel it and receive it. And um, I really don't put, like, limitations on myself. Even from being in the subway, I had no idea that um, I would get posted and, and stuff would expand the way that it has with um, a video of mine going viral and, like, being all over the place. So God has gifted me vision that this is my purpose and this is my calling. Um, but how far it will go, I've been I've been told <laughs> certain things. But uh, the best is definitely uh, the best is yet to come. So I'm just looking forward to the journey. Looking forward to creating daily. I am creating daily. Um, I am making it daily. I am sharing my light and being a star daily. Um, and being able to honor that with the people that have reached, like the levels of the Michael Jacksons and, and the Nina Simones and whatnot, and also being able mm-hmm. to appreciate the artists around me, like the stars within All My Friends of Stars, or the stars in my network, like Ace Clark and, and Jeff and all of the people that I hang out with. We are all stars. That's basically the, the my ethos, you know? Well, that kind of thinking will take you to the stars. Now, I understand that um, 50 Cent also noticed you. Tell me about your experience with him. <laughs> that was that was that was incredible. <laughs> it's the power of the people. Um, with every single reshare and whatnot, like the day after um, someone had posted a video of me to Twitter, it had like 1.5 million views, and I was just 
I was flabbergasted. I would say um, 50 Cent is amazing. He's been uh, a huge help to my career. <laughs> we haven't had a chance to work with each other in the studio as of yet, and I, I stay open-minded to it. We'll see what the future holds. But um, he was definitely one of the, the main artists to boldly repost me and make declarations um, over my my skills and, and the vision that he sees for me as an artist. So I have great respect for him. I also listened to his first album well before I should have been listening to that music because I could not even <laughs> say most of those lyrics in my household. Um, but definitely, you know, great respect for him, great respect for his work ethic and um, his boldness. Um, so we'll see what the future holds. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it at that. It'll be a mystery um, if it happens. It'll be a surprise. Um, it'll be a beautiful gift um, to to all of the people that support both me and him. So I'll definitely always be grateful for him. Well, as of yet, have you had the opportunity to, to work with other entertainers of his caliber? I have met but not hit the studio with one of my favorite artists, um, and that is yet to be determined. So you know what I say? I declare it. Um, because what you declare, it makes room for the universe to hear and bring it to life. Lauren Hill is one of my inspirations. Oh, yeah. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I have had the privilege of meeting her um, twice. The first time I could barely speak, and thank God she spoke, she spoke to me and knew <laughs> what, to do, uh, what to do with me in that moment. She's like one of those artists that is like an artist's artist, like when you meet her just um, who she is and her energy and her aura, I would love, um, absolutely love and be honored and privileged to work with her. Um, I've worked with a lot of different kinds of artists, um, not only within the genre that people know me for, which is uh, primarily like R&B and soul. I've done stuff with like uh, Pete Pete Yeager of um, Peter, Paul, and Mary, like random random collaborations. From, nice. from all over the place. So, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to collaborate with more artists. Um, I have been collaborating with some underground female artists that I'm looking forward to um, showcasing and sharing with, with the world. Um, but, yeah, I'm open to everything and anything within the realms of um, my, what would I say, my ethics, ex- exactly. People that respect me, I respect I respect the people that don't respect me, but I wouldn't spend much time with them. <laughs> well, exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. So are any of your family members creative or artistic in any way? Oh, yes. Um, not musically, though shout out to my little cousin Nas, who is going to be definitely, if he he's he's in the studio, he's working on his production, he's only 16 years old. Um, wow. Yeah, in the com- in the coming years, I'm looking forward to seeing how he develops because his voice is beautiful. Um, but as far as singing, it's kind of like I was dropped in my family by a stork. Like my, I would say, mm-hmm. I get my charisma from my parents. They will sing. Are the sounds pleasant? I would not say so. But the enthusiasm, the charisma that they have, um, with being just proud Caribbean loud, beautiful people. Um, I definitely get that from them. Um, And then just cultivating within my family, we're kind of getting to know each other even more in this COVID season of, like, 
my little cousin being a, a master baker and developing his business mm. acumen with that. My sister is into photography. We've been nurturing that over the years. Um, she's my official photographer, I think, Probably uh, when I check the site, um, when you guys post up photos and things of that nature, most of my photography is taken by her or the crew that I have around me. All my friends are stars, um, is multifaceted with their arts as well. And, yeah, just everything that they want to do, we kind of support. So I believe everyone's an artist. It's just being able to have an environment that allows every individual to cultivate um what they are passionate about. So I would say I come from an artistic family, a musical family. I do not know. Maybe my grandmother used to sing. I'm not quite sure. I feel her in my spirit. So it's possible. Well, you seem multifaceted. So tell me, what is an average day's life for you? The average day um, is now, in the, the age of COVID, being a musical artist is still every day, singing, every day warming up the voice, whether or not I have a show or not, um, every day taking care of my body um, to the best of my ability, every day, uh, well, I wouldn't say every day, but definitely within this past month, meditation has been super extreme. At the start of, of COVID, I just kind of wanted, made it, wanted to maintain my, my schedule as I had had it before, of like traveling and doing this and doing that and writing. And um, I kind of hit a wall after about a month of tr- trying to sustain that same routine. Um, it was a lot of work. So now in this season, it's like, okay, self-care is more important than, uh, than anything. Me being uh, good to myself allows me to have capacity to be present for other people, especially when gifting um, music to others. Music is one of the most powerful forces in the world. So I believe, like, the energy that I have as I share is contagious. <laughs> you know, so well, I've, been on, I've been on Zoom parties, Zoom parties, um, Facebook parties, doing um, different camps. Now that summer camps are moving to digital spheres, I would say shout-out to Miles of Music. That's a camp that I just took part in um, over this past week, and the band actually, all my friends of stars, had a chance to um, attend their camp last year, and then we were scheduled to be teachers this year. Just um, opening myself up to different avenues and channels, partnering with different women businesses, um, because I believe power means to uplift in my in my eyes. So just looking for different ways to collaborate in this season, different ways to um, uplift myself and uplift other people. That's been my focus. Well, we're running out of time, so I do want to ask you, you seem to have a spiritual bent. Uh, does God touch every phase of your life? Yes. There is no place that I go that, that God does not go. Um and and I would not want it any other way. God is my foundation. Um, and I wouldn't be able to do, like when I think about the magic of the body and the things that we do, like God is everything. <laughs> Whether or not people refer to um, the power as God, I know from vibration whether or not I'm speaking about the same thing with another person. So, yeah, faith is my foundation. It is the reason why I do anything that I do and everything that I do. Um, and I'm, I feel very privileged to have that level of intimacy with my creator. Well, we're out of time, but I want to ask you one more thing, and, and that is uh, 
where can people follow you? I'm sure you're on social media and so forth. Yes. Okay. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook. I am Naika Sings on all platforms. That is N as in Nancy, A I I K A Sings. And um, you can find the crew, All My Friends Are Stars, also on all platforms. Minus Twitter <laughs> I think we also just started TikTok And you can check us out on the website Allmyfriendsofstars.com To take a look at the festival And um, I would say Yeah, stay tapped into the Instagram That's where I uh, release most of the information Whatever you want to know You can check out there And there's a lot of beautiful things to come Well, I want to thank you for being my guest today Nayika Singh for coming and appearing on the show. And this is the Blake Radio Network. I'm your host, Deirdre Shuler, and we're going to sign off. But why don't we end the show with Nayika singing, Give It to God. And so I thank my listeners for making my topic topically yours. Radio Network, Rainbow Soul.